Hello and welcome to the 116th roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. I'm your host, Anu. I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, especially automation, paid media, and my passion for doing digital reporting well um, through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right. It's Microsoft Excel. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry, or even just get my favorite scripts of the week, like comment and follow me on facebook twitter or instagram on my handle mindswanppc um, or just to see the snippets and quotes from our previous podcast why don't you follow uh, my dedicated instagram um, podcast page which is at ppc chat underscore twitter underscore roundup um, so yeah, in this week's discussion, we have Julie Baccini again taking us on the reins on this, leading us on the topic of client communication. It was it was a bit of a busy day for me today and I was a bit distracted. Um, so unfortunately, I couldn't make it. In fact, I was so distracted, I answered a communication question talking about reporting and about how long it takes for reporting to be done. And I realized... Yeah, I was like, I know you're, you're, you're talking about the wrong topic here. And I deleted that tweet as soon as possible. Um, so I'll be giving my um, my ideas and some of my answers to the questions um, as we go along. Um, but before we get to the chat, um, we're going to our quiz of the week. So um, now, as usual, I wanted to get a question that's related to our topic. Um, so after some search, um, so research online, I found a survey done by a company communicate by a by a communications company that helped with communications for a company called um, Smarp. Um, and yeah, that's S-M-A-R-P. I think even autocorrect to change that to smart, but no, it's S-M-A-R-P. And their blog is blog.smart.com. Um, and there was a blog I found rightfully titled 10 Shocking Internal Communication Stats You Can't Ignore. So According to SMARP, what percentage of emails received by employees are considered as not important? Again, what percentage of emails received by employees are considered as not important? I'm sure a lot of you are thinking very high. Some people might be thinking 80, 90%. But what, according to their survey, did um, they find is the, uh, is the percentage that employees consider not um, important. Um, yeah, you may be right if it's a high number, but listen to the end of this roundup to get the answer. So back to Julie. Um, yeah, Julie welcomes, welcomes us saying, um, hey, thank you all for joining us today. We're going to be talking client communications. Um, and yeah, she does say a general hello. So, you know, just how people are doing. Um, but I'm just going to, I'm not, I'm going to skip some of that because it was only a couple of answers. Um, then yeah, Julie takes us to question one saying, do you have a set cadence for client communication? If so, what is it? Um, John Kagan replies, it honestly varies by client and scope. Agvilla replies to question one saying, we do for medium to large size clients. We connect weekly during certain client peak times. We've had daily check-ins during the week um, of holidays for smaller clients, typically at the end of each month, unless we need more assets or have ad hoc questions. Um, Julie replies saying that I do monthly reporting calls unless there's a really good reason to do more frequently or communicate throughout the week. But I do have a clause about typical client communication levels in my contract. Emma Franks replies question one saying that we have different cadences, communication methods set with different agencies. For one, we have a Teams channel and do most of our communication asynchronous 
asynchronously. Um, others, um, we have a bi-weekly meeting and occasional one-off meetings in between both work for me. In the past, I've had like the weekly communications of um, talking about like stats or reporting and then a monthly um, yeah, deep dive or like post-campaign analysis report, which I just thought was a lot. We spend a lot of our times on doing communications and and which is tied in with reporting, which is why I answered a tweet on reporting earlier on instead of communications, to be honest. <laughs> so Melissa McKay, um, McKee replies to question one, saying this exactly weekly or even twice a week for very large clients, every other week for most others. Marcus Altarelli replies, for most of my clients, I hold a weekly check-in call where we discuss performance and project updates. For smaller clients, we meet bi-weekly. I also email clients an update at the beginning or end of the week, depending on when check-ins or the comms are ad hoc. Um, Josh Warner replies to question one saying for smaller clients, we have a bi-weekly or monthly calls. Larger clients are usually weekly. This all changes based on performance and need. Brett um, Bodowski replies to question one saying I'm bi-weekly has been the most common cadence on my end, but I've seen weekly and monthly as well. Yeah, I've mostly seen weekly and monthly. I'm not, not sure about the bi-weekly one. And I'm always confused about bi-weekly. Is that... Um, twice a week or every other week <laughs> that was something that was brought up in um in a big bang theory and i always remember that and i always think of that whenever someone uses the phrase the word bi-weekly colin slattery replies and um, we'll be in and out today we're happy to hit it with question with answer to question one saying i have in the last six months moved to weekly with new clients it's a giant mistake and too frequently and i'm thinking of cutting it back again to monthly yes definitely cut it to monthly unless there's an important campaign or or maybe i'd say maybe like at the beginning of a campaign or a beginning of of, of you know of, of, of a, a new activity you want to like maybe weekly check-ins just to make sure everything has been put in place no mistakes have been um have been made um but once you're getting into the swing of things it really should only be monthly how much does change in a week gil gildner replies to question one saying for our small business tears we do it's a very comprehensive pdf performance report at the end of their monthly management period and usually some emails back and forth throughout the month for our enterprise clients we talk with them constantly as needed there are too many um, emails that come between clients because i guess that's what we mean by communication you know it's not just the, you know, reporting or performance reporting, it's literally just queries and, and questions. And when you go back, I'm always telling my um, my team, if you want, put your out of office in the afternoon if the client emails too much because, and you know, if they're emailing, if all you're doing is spending most of the day emailing, when are you actually finding time to work? Um, and so, yeah, Julie Bicini then um, replies to Colin Slattery, who has gone ahead in the last six months when we moved to weekly with new clients. Julie replied, weekly can make them focus on dumb stuff and or make you run in circles with too, um, too DMAC of a data, too small of a data window. DMAC. <laughs> That's just a misspelling here. Too small of a data window. Um, Julie replied, yeah, that would be too small of a data window. My phone is not with autocorrect. Colin Slattery replied, absolutely, unless the client is huge. It really doesn't make sense. The week-to-week -week variance is so great that it can look like things are going poorly. And then you look at the full month and performance is great. Exactly. As long as the long-term trend is doing, looking well, people should not panic on week-on-week -on -week stats. Emma Franks replies to question, um, re replies to Colin's answer saying, 
saying um, I feel like weekly calls mean more time spent preparing to talk about things than actually getting things done. Facts. And there's rarely a full 30 min- minutes of news unless it's a particularly busy season or you pur- purposefully plan to discuss different things on different weeks. And yeah, Daryl Denny replies, uh, agrees with that. So does Colin. And he says, really just too much time spent on comms and not on account management. Yes, change that up, Colin. And then Sean um, Ellie replies to question one saying, we try to do monthly meetings at the very least, but some smaller clients just don't have time. For this, we try to provide detailed emails in lieu of a call. Larger clients usually have bi-weekly meetings or updates. Dara Denny replies to question one saying, some of our bigger clients, we do weekly meetings. Most others are bi-weekly. It's not a perfect system by far. It's too many damn meetings. <laughs> Julie Bicini then replies to, um, then gives us question two saying, do you define a level of, of communication? frequency or reporting etc in your contracts why or why not yes definitely um yeah put in that it might i was like properly freelancing it was although like when i was more like doing a contracting work um it always depended on what the agency i was contracting for had agreed with the client but when it was like my own freelance company freelancing with a client i'd put in a contract that our yeah reporting communications would be done um communications can be done on a weekly basis but reporting will be done on a monthly basis so those kind of things definitely put in the contracts but before we get into that we've got Dwayne Brown replying to question one saying most clients are monthly or every two weeks we have two clients on weekly and those are good to help us move faster and change directions pandemic has made a new world order and in reply to question two, we've got John Kagan saying um, reports and formal meetings, yes. One-offs and emails, no. Don't want to be too limiting, but also want to protect ourselves. And then in reply to question two, we've got Melissa McKee saying, um, yes, absolutely, especially the reporting and status call cadence. Um, otherwise, clients will ask for the moon, detailing weekly or even daily reports, etc. Reporting and client calls can be huge time sucks if you don't spell it out on the contract. Dara Denny replies to question two saying this is actually my biggest struggle at the moment reporting right now we do weekly slack updates weekly slack updates to all clients on most important KPIs and we're doing quarterly business reviews in addition to bi-weekly meetings wow that's some that needs to change your Gildner replies no we don't mostly because we do not price our time that's not so scalable um, instead we charge flat fees um, high enough to justify the level of communication needed l chase replies to question one saying i do have a set cadence but if it varies by client usually at least once a week um, a quick weekly touch base for small clients i try to keep it to once a month and then in response to um, question two, we've got Emma Franks going, I think it's important to have a structure expectations for communication methods and general frequency with an understanding of fluidity based on needs. Sometimes might need more frequent touches, sometimes much less. I never wanted to meet just for the sake of meeting. Mark Saltarelli replies to question two saying, um, in the past, we never defined a level of communication of frequency of reporting and contracts because it has it was never a problem we recently acquired some clients who require a lot of attention and we are working on defining communication tiers as part 
of the contract. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Gil Gilner replying to um, Dara Denny where she talked about um, Slack updates and um, doing quarterly business re- business reviews and the such. Gil replies, Slack can be a very dangerous maelstrom. Um, we all we almost unilaterally refuse to get involved in clients' internal time tracking apps. Otherwise, they start to think you're an employee. And Dwayne Brown says, I'm a no for Slack. Some seem to think people internal, external are free. The light is green. We have it for one client and they, and they know it's not for emergencies. Um, I wrote why I'm not on Slack 18 months ago in a blog. And then we've got um, Julie Bicini replying to question two, saying, absolutely, define these things. Client communication is one of the biggest areas of scope creep there is in my experience. Also, if you don't define it and you have a client who is high maintenance, you have nothing to point to to change the scope. And yeah, things like price. Um, And then L Chase replies to question two, saying, I do set communication expectations at the beginning of the engagement, mostly because if a client wants more than I can work into the costs it also sets expectations for both sides if they want more they can ask for it and they know what to expect josh warner replies to question one saying um we do set those expectations up front letting them know that their contract will get them one call per month or once a week etc um yeah dara denny replies to Girl, well, girl had said slack, had said slack can be dangerous. We almost unilaterally refuse to get involved in clients' internal time tracking apps. Dara replies, we don't get involved in any time tracking apps. Just simply send an update on the top three KPIs on Slack on Mondays. Yeah, Gil Gil never says that makes sense, but it's also super time intensive. We try to compile all of this um, into our monthly report, especially week to week can vary so much. Yeah week a week can definitely vary um and so yeah julie gives us question three saying has the level of communication clients want changed lately do they want more or less or different types yeah i'd say it definitely would need to be more because obviously changes are very are, are very um yeah the change things are changing all the time in terms of the covid times especially when i was on my finance client which i left um yeah just a few weeks ago um it was very it was very like, yeah, up and down and you never know. So yeah, we used to have like the communication increased more and they put in like three times a week communication with the client. It was supposed to be only like 15 minutes at a time, but it was much longer most of the time. And that unexpected, um, yeah, change in timings, yeah, can just put a lot of other things, you know, on the back burner, which, yeah, can just make the days a lot longer and some just things just seem oh yeah a lot more annoying that than it actually is um and then yeah sean ellie replies to question two says yes most contracts allow one reporting call per month calls take a lot of time and if clients become overly needy we needy we can go to the contract and they can add time if they wish ad hoc meetings are usually accommodated unless it becomes too regular um, Colin Sattery replies to question three saying, I found the amount of communication clients want has increased dramatically during the pandemic. It is possible, though, that it's also related to new weekly reporting, but some try, some are trying to get me to engage daily with them. Sean Ellie replies to question three saying, I haven't noticed much change. A few are busier now, so there is less communication, but pretty consistent for most of the part. Alison Miriani replies to question three saying, communication seems to have gone up. We are seeing more online sales, but also more competition. So it takes constant adjustment to get the the great results. 
And then we've got Gil Gildner replying to question three saying, I have not seen much change beyond the level of, level of initial inquiries. Clients who are still doing well seem all, mostly unchanged. We've had a few who have communicated more as their business models have updated. El Chase replies, it has not changed a lot really. In some cases, we have changed due to performing much better than last year. So we had to discuss increasing budgets or other opportunities we have seen. Uh, Mark Saltarelli replies to question three saying, the way clients use Slack has changed a ton for me. It used to be a good tool to get answers or turn around projects quickly. But as more clients, companies get used to Slack, it has turned into this always on channel, which can be unhealthy. Currently working on this. I have a way of where I literally just don't reply immediately. And I always tell my um, team that as well. Don't reply within the first hour. Don't, or whenever you see an email or if you see a message, don't be like, oh, I need to reply because it's jumped in my inbox. If you're working on something, finish working on it. Um, and we always make sure we try to remind the client that there's an SLA of you have, we have 24 hours to respond to um, emails or Slack communications and things like that. So that, yeah, if you're chasing up within in less than that, you know, they have no foot to stand on. And I've actually been very lucky to have um, managers in the past, especially my latest one, an amazing lady called Marta, who um, literally will see emails that people, clients chasing me up on my on emails on things I've not responded. And she'll be the one saying, this client needs to back off. It has not even been 24 hours yet. So yes, you need to find like, yeah, team, uh, you know, managers and people who will back you up and, you know, especially when they know that you are working um, on the projects. Um, and then, yeah, Julie replies to question three saying communication levels are about the same, but then again, I define it well, both in the contract and when we're still talking about the project so they know what to expect as part of the project. Dara Daniel replies, I haven't noticed any massive changes lately in terms of a client communication. At the beginning of lockdown, we happened to be reducing the number of client calls was happening anyway, which leads to a number of confused or anxious conversations. Um, Emma Franks replies to question three saying, we moved from weekly to bi-weekly meetings with our ad agency, agency shortly after COVID hit because our ad spend decreased significantly and quickly. So we were testing much less and there wasn't as much to discuss. I don't anticipate we'll go back to weekly anytime soon. Glenn Schmelzel replies to question three saying, yes, the clients who review their reports are certainly asking for more frequent communication from us. Josh Warner replies um, to question three saying the level of communication our clients want always varies depending on performance. If performance is good and things are consistently running smoothly, that they should that they don't that they usually don't feel the need to chat as much. Again, I'll repeat that the level of communication our client want always varies depending on performance. If performance is good and things are consistently running smoothly, um, then they usually don't feel the need to chat as much. So yeah. Um, and then Gil Gildner replies to um, Glenn Schmelzel. Well, Glenn, well, actually, it's a rep reply to Colin Slattery saying, I found the amount of communication clients want has increased dramatically during the pandemic. It's possible, though, that it's also related to new weekly reporting. Um, but some are trying to get me to engage with them daily. Yeah, Glenn was like, daily? That sounds more like employee territory than outsourced PPC management. Gil replied, yeah, unless you're charging more than you charge to be a full-time employee, that's a hard pass for me. And Colin goes, yeah, 100%. 
Doing re replies to question three, saying in Q2, we tweaked comms for clients. I knew we'd want to know we were on top of things 24-7. Other clients got a weekly up, uh, weekly up who I knew would just need that. We tried to adapt to their needs within reason. John Kagan replies, less but not for good reasons. A lot of clients had their hours reduced. Um, and then going on, going on to question four, Julie asks, what type of communication channels or tools do you use with clients? Sorry for some questions having the graphic and some not. My power and internet is going in and out. So she's tweeting from her phone. Um, yeah, technical glitches, glitches are happening all over the place during this time because I do think technology is having a bit of technology fatigue itself um and so yeah Agvilla replies to question four saying great question we use Trello and Basecamp we tend to not partake in client slack channels but have before but have before for one very large client in order to be more integrated as an extension of their team interested to see what others use um yeah i just use like an excel tracking system with um with my previous team and that worked well because it's not about using a fancy system it's trusting that your your um team will do the work that they're supposed to do um and just checking in on a regular basis so that's it i don't think Clients should necessarily check in with you, with the team, or, or with with um with the PPC management on a daily basis and bombard them with, with questions. But as long as your manager, your team head, team lead is communicating with you, is checking up on the work you're doing, is making sure they're helping you to push projects ahead, then yeah, that is how the system should work. And we just used a, you know, I just used a simple Excel table and just made them cross off tasks that they'd said they'd done or that I knew that they'd completed. Melissa McKee replies to question four saying, usually it's just email and phone. A couple of clients have added us to their work front instance, which is a mixed blessing. Um, and then yeah, Gil Gilner replies to question four saying we're 90% email, 10% phone as far as communication for reporting. We build custom data studio dashboards for each client so they can see live metrics pulled in from ads, analytics, search console, etc. We create a PDF report at the end of each month with strategy details. Very good idea, I think. And then in response to question four, Colin Slattery uh, replies, as some of you may know, I've been struggling with a Slack situation with some clients. That's now a hard no going forward. Most clients, it is email and call, though I've been working to replace weekly update calls with Loom videos, reviewing data dashes. Oh, videos for reporting. That's interesting. Doug R. Thomas replies to question four saying, I personally am very dependent on email. Phone is fine for a heads up but please give me a paper trail and an asynchronous way to follow up asynchronous that is the second time i've seen that word and that's one of those tongue twister kind of words that i feel to say asynchronous 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 <laughs> let's not say that five times if i don't even think that saying that three times even worked at all and then Dogar Thomas continues saying even formal meetings to me are kind of weak because everyone's not going to is everyone's got to be laser focused on being on agenda or it's gonna get messy. 
Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Daradeni replying to question four saying, we use Slack for client communication. I know y'all aren't fans and it's given so much to think about. It's the system I was adopted into. Julie Bettini replies, primarily phone, email and Asana. I do have some dashboards set up for clients that like to look in on things for themselves and will also set reports to auto email to them. I do Slack for one client who is a retainer, who is a retainer arrangement generally though I would not. Emma Franks replies varies by agency, primarily email, Teams, Slack, or Basecamp for written communication, Google Meet, Zoom, or Teams for meeting. I think um, I would like Basecamp best if it was used consistently, but they all have their pros and cons. Mark Saltarelli replies to question four saying weekly agendas in a Google Doc, Zoom for calls, and I like to share GCal availability for scheduling depending on client. Invite client into Sana to see project status without working, without asking, email for updates, Slack for quick questions, phone for emergency only. So yeah, that was a list of things that he put for in terms of answering question four. So again, in answer to question four, um, we've got point one, weekly agendas in a Google Doc. Point two, Zim calls for calls and I like to share G, um, Google Calendar availability for scheduling, depending on clients. Um, three, invite clients into Asana to see project status without asking. Um, four, email for updates. Five, Slack for quick questions. Six, phone for emergency only. Um, and then, yeah, Gil Gilner replies to Colin Sattery, where Colin had said, as some of you may know, I've been struggling with Slack, situation with some clients, that's now a hard no going forwards. And Gil replied, it depends on the upon client niche and size, but you can try reducing weekly to monthly for new clients um, and then answer email or calls as needed. That would reduce your reporting workload by two or three. Julie replies, you can also have a comms plan that is heavy on communication during month one, again, spelled out clearly, and then pull back to better cadence after things are established exactly what i mentioned earlier on yes at the beginning it might be quite important to yeah to have that you know regular communications make sure nothing slipped making sure that all the details that you've you know required from the client has been given to you and um yeah no mistakes all you know any early um, end mistakes early campaign mistakes gets picked up very quickly but then after a while yeah when when things are established that weekly does not is not needed um emma replies this is what we did at hannepin which is now brain labs which i will be working with in um, a month's time um yeah yeah, this is what we did at Hannapin, except the optional transition to less frequent communication came at the end of 90 days. Yeah, but that's good. Colin Slatter replied, yeah, I've already moved back my default reporting details in proposals from weekly to monthly for new prospects going forward. It was an experiment that failed. The reporting and comps times is just too much. And um, yeah, just an explanation for um, the reasons for that moving from weekly to monthly. Julie explains that um, I think that is a that is a good way to do it, so that clients feel comfortable through a transition, and you're getting compensated fairly for that time. And then going to something that makes sense once established. And Colin replied, "This is a great thought for sure. A little bit of handholding at the start of the relationship, and then letting them walk on their own once they know how to walk, which is great." And um, yeah, in reply to question four, um, Dwayne Brown replies saying email, phone or video, that's it. Less options, more focus, get time to get work done. Um, and then going on to question five, Julie asks, is there an aspect of client communication that you're struggling with or have struggled with? Did you find a solution? 
But before we get into that, we've got El Chase replying saying, this also varies by client. I use email, phone, Asana, and Basecamp. A couple of agencies I work with use Asana or Basecamp, so I use that to keep their account managers updated with direct clients. I use email or phone mostly. Josh Warner replies to question four saying, we use email and conference calls. Some clients have my personal cell number, which gets used occasionally. I have to be careful who I give this out to. And um, when um, Dwayne Brown replied to question four, saying email, phone, or video, that's it. Less options, more focus. Gil replies, yeah, with disco, disco sloth, I am the one comes a sales guy, so I just blab my mouth off all day while Anya and Christina do all the real work. But there's no need to have 100 different communication channels. I like email and phone and Zoom. Interesting. Zoom with clients. Well, is this pre or uh, or during COVID? I'm not sure about that. Uh, Dwayne replies. Others don't see it that way. They want to do what works exclusively from the what ex- works exclusively for them and don't care if it's going to mark things up, even if their habits are unproductive and disorganized. Yes, change is a good thing. And then in response to question five, we got El Chase saying, I tried hard to stay away from Slack. But other than that, um, since we discussed expectations early on, we both know what to expect from each other. So no issues. Sean Ellie replies to question four saying, phone and email primarily. In the past, we have tried Trello. But I've shifted away from that. I try to use whatever medium a client would like, but I wouldn't do Slack. That just happens to me mainly. Email. Uh, Dwayne Brown continues his answer to question four. Um, had a potential client in Oz who kept using Skype's IM feature to message me. Um, they told they could not email me for some reason. We didn't win the business, but it was worth it. Or the agency who used GTalk and said it was fine. That talk was needed months later. Had to dig it up. Um, Emma Franks replies to question five saying, I think the most important and difficult thing with new clients mostly, but sometimes existing ones, is knowing what their, prior- what their priorities are and speaking directly to those. If you think their goal is one thing and later learn it's something else, it can cause issues very much so. And then we've got um, Emma Franks continuing saying, you either end up getting ask lots of questions that seem totally random or client is unhappy despite what seems like great performance can be a lot of unnecessary headaches stemming from a simple misalignment of objectives and strategy. Mark Saltarelli replies to question five cent. As I said earlier, I have been having trouble with Slack, especially with larger clients. We're working on including this in contracts. I have been working on when to respond right away and when to wait. This has set a precedent and improved the situation. Sean Ellie replies, my biggest struggle is on responsive clients. Have they gone dark because results are good and they have bigger fish to fry? Have they gone dark because they're unhappy? Are they just busy? I try to email occasionally to check in but don't want to pester if they are happy yeah well you should always know whether your clients are happy and if they're happy don't worry about that um don't Dwayne brown replies to question five saying um some clients are not tech or ad nerds always working to explain things in new ways that a person can understand everyone has a different light bulb moment gil gilner replies to question five saying over the past four-ish years as our clients have gone from tiny to medium, we've noticed that communication gets easier. A $500 per month client is about twice as hard to deal with as a $5,000 per month client. It took a while for us to realize that. Yes, yeah, so when a client is paying more and they know that results are coming in, I feel that you have a lot easier ways um, yeah, to check on with them. 
well, you have easier ways to communicate with them even. Julie Bicini replies to question, gives us question six, even saying, do you have any tips for how to better manage client communications? Lessons learned, if you will. Melissa McKee replies to question six, saying establish clear boundaries, be helpful, but have clear guardrails, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, Robert Brady was like, yeah, what Mel 66 said, um, no matter how awkward or hard the conversation is, change is important. Josh Warner replies to question six saying, yeah, set expectations from the beginning. We can't predict everything. So knowing what expectations to set will come with experience. Sean Ellie replies, set boundaries, preferably in contracts before starting work. Occasionally extra comms is fine, but if extra is the norm, you have a big case of scope creep on your hands, which can be difficult to walk back. Glenn Schmelzel replies to question six saying, as you get to know clients better and build rapport with regular points of contact, you should anticipate how they'll feed info upwards. And if changes or bad news hits, molds your messages in ways that help them relate. Gil Gilner replies to question six saying, proactively being involved with clients and over communicating campaign status and providing them with live dashboards prevents a lot of emergency freakouts. Emma Franks replies, Ask for feedback. Different clients will have different preferences. Touch base every so often and see what they are liking or disliking about your communication and see if there's any quick wins or little shifts that might make both your lives easier. Um, and Julie replies to question six saying so many things. If a client is difficult to communicate with before you even sign the contract, think twice. Yep. Define everything. Stick to your boundaries. Make sure you're, commu you're communicating to them in the way they need to be communicated with. And uh, yeah, I think set those boundaries, set those expectations at the beginning. I think that's the big things that some clients um, or some like, yeah, professionals don't do and um yeah they're just going whatever the client requests set expectations at the beginning if you said that it's you know there's going to be 20 24 hour turnaround do not reply to them every minute of the day and and take some breaks every once in a while John Kagan replies to question four, saying, um, if I like them, they get my Gchat and personal phone. All others get my work email and desk line. John Kagan replies to question five, saying, delivering the message in a positive way rather than a dull way. Uh, Mark Saltarelli um, replies to question six, saying, I think that in addition to setting expectations and not being afraid to reset expectations, if client communication isn't effective. Yeah, exactly. Just have that meeting, have that discussion, saying that, okay, this is what we thought this is how we thought this would work with the rules that we've set. It's obviously not working in that way. So to, you know, maintain the goals and to try to achieve the goals better, this is how we're going to change things. I think that is definitely important. Um, he continues, odds are if you're having problems, your client is too... Um, is too and redefining communication workflows will be mutually benefit. I really love that answer. Um, and then, yeah, Julie takes us to our last um, question of the day saying, what do you wish clients understood about consultant or agency communications? That it takes up time. It takes up time think, reading through the answer, thinking, researching what the answer is going to be. And sometimes, you know, you just want to reread the email to make sure that you don't send it to the wrong people. You've done all the spell checks and everything. And that time could be spent on 
the paid search work itself, you know, optimization, SQRs, you know, ad copy reviews. There's loads of aspects, aspects of the work that needs to be done doing scripts, researching scripts to make the account better. If you're just spending your time on communicating, writing an email, even though it might be four, five, six lines, people think, oh, that was a quick email. Yeah, but it would have taken a research time to write the correct things in a reply. So clients need to think of think about that, that communication takes a lot longer time than you think it does. And, you know, don't just think, oh, that was a four or five line email. That was short. It's not always that short. Colin Slatter replies um, to question seven, saying that I wish they would understand that we have multiple clients and finite hours um, that time communication with communicating with them is time we can't spend doing the actual work. Yes, this is especially true for those of us on very small teams. I, I'll say that again because that's a very important answer. I wish they would understand that we have multiple clients and finite hours and that time communicating with them is time we can't spend doing the actual work. This is especially true for those of us on very small teams. John Kagan replies to question seven saying, timelines, sweet Jesus, timelines. Emma Franks replies, my client, my best clients were ones who either had an agency background themselves understood that their account is not your only focus. They don't expect 100% of your time, focus, energy, but also trust that you are invested in them and their success. Mark Saltarelli replies, um, yeah, to question six, well, question to um, Julie's answer to question six, where she says so many, so many things. If clients is difficult to communicate with beforehand, think twice, define everything, stick to your boundaries and make sure you're communicating to them in the way they need to be. Mark replies, yes, at my last agency, our leadership forced to take on an, a client who literally told us he was a miserable client to have. <laughs> he was constantly asking for things, was, extern was extremely stern and had exorbitant expectation it was not fun but it was a valuable learning experience so yes those kind of things need to change um <laughs> so yeah julie then replies to um question seven saying i'm not an employee we have uh, we have contracted for a specific amount of work per month and i manage my time accordingly i am not universally available to you but will always strive to respond in a reasonable and timely manner um, and then, yeah, Emma Franks continues her answer to question seven, saying, as such, they were engaged during meetings and not afraid to talk about strategy or ask about performance or metrics, but also don't expect you to have every answer on the spot. It's okay to follow up after the fact if you need to dig into something deeper. I'll actually start with her answer to the first part of the answer to question seven. She had said, my best clients were ones who either had an agency background themselves or understood that their account is not your only focus. They don't expect 100% of your time, focus, or energy, but also trust that you are invested in them and their success. And he can, she continues, as such, they are engaged during meetings and not afraid to talk about strategy or ask about performance or metrics, but also don't expect you to have every answer on the spot. It's okay to follow up after the fact if you need need to dig into something deeper um, and yeah Mark Saltarelli replies to question seven saying um, that we plan work at least a week ahead and can't always take on their last minute request yes yes that's very true that everyone working on their account has other accounts you're not always the top priority I feel like this should be a no 
brainer. Yeah, that those two points are very important, especially that first one, because, yeah, then that's when we're, for a client that I had, um, what we do is actually walk with the client what our plans for the week it was and um, wh- what our plan, plan for the week was going to be. And um, we'd always I'd always tell my um, my team, like, if they say that, oh, we need you to do this task, you double check with them how urgent that task they're asking is to do and confirm with them that one of the tasks that was already pre-talked about um, is probably going to then be shifted and it's not going to be done on time. So they cannot start, you know, barraging you with a bunch of emails and, you know, communication um, streams asking where that other piece of work is. It's very important those expectations are set. Sean Ellie replies to question seven saying that we don't have unlimited time so we do our best to prioritize. When you are requesting an ad hoc report to be made by tomorrow, I have to weigh that versus the actual account work I have planned. So sometimes I am pushing back in order to help you. So that's why SLAs are very important. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Marcel Torelli continuing his answer to question seven, saying for, for new clients, we don't do hacks or flip a magic switch. We simply work hard and do good work. It takes time and energy, but it will eventually yield results. For this, I think it's so important to just be able to explain how things work at a high level like that. Dogar Thomas then replies to question seven, saying most of the time I see challenges in client comms. It's not the client that's the problem. Agencies have a lot of priorities. Don't listen and don't try. We're all guilty of hearing a very reasonable request and going, ah, WTF, OMG instead of doing our jobs. Ooh, that's a big shout out for, <laughs> for clients there. Um, and yeah, so Julie also then makes a comment saying that if you have questions about how to define client communication levels and such, you can DM me as well or tweet and I will share what I do or have learned in 24, 21 years as a consultant. That's, 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 yeah, that's some good advice. You'll, you'll definitely be getting it for many years of experience. Um, and then, yeah, Mead Cabra replies to question six saying, I think it's just about setting boundaries with clients. I don't take on scheduled calls and will email the client asking them to book a call and that I don't take unscheduled calls. She definitely does not take unscheduled calls. <laughs> she then um, answers question seven saying, I think that because we're a small team, some clients believe that we only work for them when we have a pretty decent roster of clients. They're not working on their accounts daily, but that doesn't mean they're not getting our best. Very true. It's all about the time that's needed in an account. And yeah, that is the end of our chat today. Um, yeah, Julie says, thank you all for joining me. I'll be hosting next week. Next week, Topic TBD. If you have topic ideas, share them here. DM me or use the form on the PPC Chat website, which is official PPC Chat. Dot com or head on to our Instagram page on um, PPC chat, PPC chat underscore Twitter underscore roundup. Um, and yeah, make comments about, um, yeah, the topic and what you'd like to, um, yeah, what you'd like us to dis- discuss on future chats. So, um, I hope you've enjoyed that chat. Um, and got some great takeaways. My favorite is about, you know, setting expectations with clients, um, you know, pushing back, you know, and, um, making sure they, they, um, stick to those SLAs, which is pretty much like the timelines that have been agreed that it will take, um, for different projects, for communications, um, and yeah, change if needed. Change is a good thing. Change is not a bad thing as long as you, you agree on what the goals need to be. 
before. But before I sign off today, I'm going to give you the answer to our quiz today, uh, which if you don't remember, the question was from blog.smart.com um, based off the blog that they were titled 10 Shocking Internal Communication Stats That You Can't Ignore. And the question specifically was, what percentage of emails by employees are considered as not important? And the answer was, or rather is actually, 62%. So what do you think? Is that a bit high? Is that a bit less than even what you thought? I'd imagine that loads of people would have made that percentage a lot higher than that, put it higher than that. But yes, it's 62% of emails that are received by employees are thought to be not important. So that's it for um, our chat this week. Thank you for joining us. If you found that useful and taking some great takeaways, please, um, yeah, comment about it. If you want to chat about this topic or any paid media or data analysis solutions, do get in touch with me by sending me an email at hello at mindswan.com or, um, yeah, pinging me um, a message on Mindswan PPC on Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter, LinkedIn even, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Um, and um, yeah, get us on our dedicated Instagram page, which is ppcchat underscore Twitter underscore roundup. And remember, for your campaigns or businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye. <laughs>